Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watts podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show for the weekend of April 10th through 12th, 2020. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. So apologies for the show coming out a day late. Uh, it's been a crazy day at work on Monday when I usually record the episode. I didn't have time to put together the show notes. Um, in fact, I kind of had trouble coming up with a box office watch concept. Um, you know, there's only so much you can try to uh, figure out that's relevant to the weekly news. Um, so, you know, this week we're just going to actually skip the box office concept. But instead, uh, we'll just go over some, you know, big movie news that came out over the past week as it relates to the box office. A little bit of speculation. Um, we have the numbers from Trolls World Tour coming out on VOD or some sort of numbers. I don't know. Uh, we'll take a look at those. Um, and yeah, uh, call it the top five uh, news for this week. So, yeah. Uh, in any case, the first big news are a bunch of new dates for films. So, uh, My Spy, which was that supposed to come out this month, last month, May? Um, it's been moved around so much I don't remember. Anyway, STX's My Spy featuring Dave Bautista um, finally got picked up for streaming. Uh, so, it got acquired uh, by Amazon Studios for streaming. No idea when that's going to come out. Um, that's just another one that I talked about last week, um, you know, that, that we would want to keep an eye on. And as I predicted, uh, it probably would get picked up for streaming. So, uh, plus one for me. Um, the Spongebob movie, which had moved back to uh, July 31st, actually moved back an additional week uh, to August 7th. Not quite sure why they did that. Maybe um, they wanted to be a little bit more careful about coronavirus. Um, so they are one week closer to the Wonder Woman into August. So uh, we'll see there. Um, and kind of the biggest news, actually, in terms of movie dates is that Soul, uh, the Pixar film that I'm Banning is probably going to make a billion dollars this year, um, has moved from its uh, mid-June date to uh, November 20th, um, so right before Thanksgiving. Um, this caused the Disney animation film Raya and the Last Dragon to move to a March 12th date, um, so it'll actually be, you'll be fairly close to this uh, Shang-Chi movie, or wait, no, Shang-Chi got moved, never mind. Um, so Ryan the Last Dragon will be March 12th um, now Seoul moving to that date now conflicts with Godzilla vs. Kong uh, so fairly certain that Godzilla vs. Kong is going to move you really don't want to go up against uh, Seoul in that case I'm not entirely sure when they would move it to some people are speculating uh, maybe like an April or March date um, but you know, they, they better move fast because um, if there's one company you don't want to play chicken with it's Disney um, so in any case the uh, movies that we still have left in the summer um, after all this is uh, pretty much only Tenet uh, Tenet is a July 17th release date uh, still at this point I don't know really what's going on there maybe uh, they still have to negotiate the dates maybe they're just banking on maybe this will all be over then I kind of doubt it but we'll see um, and then following up from Tenet is Mulan which is on July 24th no idea if that's going to stick either um, and if they move it any closer to August that's getting into Wonder Woman territory so I don't know what Disney's going to do with Mulan um but yeah, uh, the other big thing, the other big thing in the fall, aside from the aforementioned Godzilla versus Kong, which pretty sure will move maybe sometime this week, maybe the week after. I don't know. Um, side note: I'm really excited for the Godzilla cards from the Magic: The Gathering set coming out, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, 
the other one that's that is uh, we actually got first pick look at the look of Dallas Villanueva's um, sci-fi film adaptation of Dune um, coming out. You know, this morning, yesterday morning. I forget exact when. The time has no concept anymore. Anyway, Dune released their pictures, and it's still slated for its December eighteenth date. Um, that's kind of a weird date for me, just because like it's right after the Free Guy movie by Ryan Reynolds. Um, and then it's right before the Top Gun reboot, which uh, got pushed back, featuring Tom Cruise. Um, so I'm not really like I don't know. I really want Dune to do well, but given you know Denzel and Wave releasing in um, releasing in uh, uh, in Q4, um, last one that did that Blade Runner 2049 did not do super well. So. Um, We'll see what, what they have there. They also are competing on that date with Steven Spielberg's West Side Story and Eddie Murphy's Coming to America. Uh, now, I did actually have this one crazy theory on how Dune could actually do well. Um, so I, I call this the 1917 effect, um, but you could also apply this to American Sniper, which probably be better known as the American Sniper effect. Essentially, what you do, you take a genre film, you know, a film that uh, isn't, you know, you you don't think would be super do super well um, with a wide audience. Have it do a limited release New York, LA to qualify for award season contention um, in late December, probably ideally Christmas Day if you can make it. So that would you know cause that would need um, Dune to push back about a week, um, and then you have it go wide pretty much the first or second uh, week of January after the New Year. Um, in this case, they would be January seventh, I think. Um, so what this does is that then at the Golden Globes Award, assuming that it it it, it is of a quality that it will probably get nominated with advanced screenings and so on um, for Golden Globe consideration. Um, then it does well Golden Globes night. People start hearing about it like, oh, no one's seen this film, you know, only except for people in New York and LA. And it starts going wide and people start getting hooked on it for some reason. It just res- and, it, and it resonates with a wider audience and you build that hype. So my my crazy idea for, for doing, if anyone uh, from that production and distribution is listening, uh, probably not, but we'll see, um, is to release it on December, have it uh, do a, uh, awards-based campaign build hype because Dallas Dennis Villanueva, Hans Zimmer, um, you know all of the crazy cast: Rebecca Ferguson, Timothy Salome, Jason Momoa, all these other great actors. The only thing going against it is it's a genre film. Um, but hey, you never know; it, it might it might make it through. Anyway, that's my crazy idea on how Dune could actually be profitable. Anyway, moving on to the second uh, bit of news. Um, you know, there, there's some some movie production news coming out. Um, first up is uh, Sam Raimi confirmed that he is wa- working on Doctor Strange 2. Uh, so who knows? Maybe we'll get a Spider-Man cameo uh, in Doctor Strange 2. That'd be pretty cool for Sam Raimi to do that. He did actually make a reference to Doctor Strange in one of the original uh, Spider-Man films. So, you know, kind of comes full circle. Uh, secondly, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has confirmed he is working on Hobbs and Saw 2, the spinoff from the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, no idea when that's going to come out, but you know that shows that that film was profitable enough to get a sequel. So um, I guess we have that to look forward to. And finally, um, you know uh, Martin Scorsese, who directed last year's Oscar nominee uh, The Irishman, which came out on Netflix, is now in talks with Apple and Netflix to distribute his new film starring Leo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro called Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, and instead of working with Paramount, 
He's talking to Apple and Netflix to help with distribution, financing, and so on, um, because allegedly the budget for producing this film has shot up to over two hundred million dollar budget. It's kind of nuts. I have no idea what he needs a two hundred million dollar budget for. Uh, for comparison, The Irishman was one hundred seventy three million dollars, and that included them coming up. Not only you know, obviously there's a lot of the big actors' names with it, but also just coming up with uh, 173 million you know that's the new technology that they came up with to help with the aging process I don't know what the 200 million dollars is going for um, so we'll see uh, if this gets picked up by Apple or Netflix um, and kind of what it's effect if it ends up you know just releasing there like the Irishman did on Netflix um, who knows uh, seems that Martin Scorsese just has a thing for creating super super expensive uh, films with his buddies and, and getting them released on, on streaming um, yeah and then in the third uh, category of news we have uh, movie theater news um, and this you know obviously has not been super great uh, the past couple of weeks um, in fact because of that uh, some analysts are saying that um, you know the total domestic box office may struggle to hit seven billion dollars total um uh that's a 20 year low um you know if that number were to come come around and you know i talked about last week the u.s number was somewhere like i think it was like 12 billion close to 12 billion last year so um yeah that is pretty ridiculous that wouldn't that it's just that that it's going to be that bad um you know cinemark um has uh, laid off over 17,000 employees and furloughed half of their corporate staff and they sold 250 million dollars of corporate debt um to help stay afloat um amc um you know the biggest uh uh exhibitor we, as we talked about uh, in the past couple of weeks uh, is starting to look at bankruptcy filing chapter 11 now that doesn't mean amc is going to go away it just means they're going to restructure um so they can pay off their debts um you know, if this all opens and AMC has gone top to 11, um, it's very likely that the theaters will still be open um, and operating. But, you know, kind of, that's just kind of so is where it is. Um, the National Association of Theater Owners has put out a tentative timeline of maybe mid-June when they'll start opening theaters again. Of course, pending uh, regulation and, and, and proper guidelines from the CDC and all that. Um, but the plan is maybe in mid-June they start with... Uh, you know, some old films like Grease, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters. Um, so, yeah, uh, maybe Tenet's decision to stay July 17th isn't super crazy, but um, I still definitely think like the late July to, you know, even August uh, uh, realm looks probably better. Um finally, looking across the ocean, you know, this was, there was a report that came out that China moviegoers are pretty eager to come back to cinemas as you know i currently am um but 72 percent of them said that they're ready to come back to theaters um you know after what two three months of lockdown um this is uh, up from uh 54 who said the same uh, four weeks ago um so yeah and then uh the fourth category of news i'm going to talk about our streaming related news um now, obviously, the big one is Trolls World Tour um, came to streaming, breaking the theatrical window. Um, but that's kind of like a weird, unique case. That's going to be its own. That's going to be the fifth category. Spoilers. Uh, but for now, the other stuff that came up, uh, Disney Plus announced that they hit $50 million. Or if not, not 50 million, 50 million uh, accounts um, on Disney Plus, which is you know pretty ridiculous. Um, and you know Japan is confirmed to uh, launch sometime later this year. Which again, given that we know Japan is super crazy for animation, uh, this is going to be super huge over there. Um, and also interestingly, um, 
Bob Iger, who left Disney as CEO earlier this year, um, has informally apparently come back to help operate uh, the company. As a, I don't don't know what his exact title is, if it's changed or whatever, but um, that's kind of interesting to see the way the impact uh, that this has always had. Um, similar, another kind of comparing to Disney Plus, um, you know, if you if you like me, you've probably seen the ads for Quibi, uh, which looks like is a. a you know, streaming platform of sort form content that apparently the gimmick is you can watch it either landscape or horizontal, I guess, um, and often features a lot of celebrity videos and series. Um, I think Zac Efron did an interview on Hot Ones uh, recently to promote his show there. Um, but in any case, their report is that in the first week, they've had 1.7 million downloads um, and 80% of uh, downloads have completed at least one video in that first week. Now, how good this is, is up for debate. I think most people don't really look at it as, as super successful. Um, for comparison, Disney in its first day alone had $10 million. Now, obviously, Disney is Disney and has like a huge brand following, and they came out with like The Mandalorian, which all the Star Wars fans were eager to watch and so on. But... Um, still doesn't look super great and you know that that 80 percent completes a video in one day i mean the videos i think are mostly five to 15 minutes so that means 20 percent of people aren't even getting through a five to 15 minute video um you know and then you know that 1.7 million downloads also includes people who are signed up for a free trial so you know how many of those are going to convert to an actual um you know, paying subscription. So we'll see where Quibi goes. I don't think it's going to become a, one of those streaming giants, um, you know, that will be impacting the box office uh, as Netflix and Disney Plus and all these others are. Um, in fact, there was actually a study that came out from Ernest & Young. Now, disclaimer, this this study was commissioned by NATO, um, who is the, again, the aforementioned National Association of Theater Owners. So this is kind of in their interest. So take it with a grain of salt. But what their findings are is that basically the lot, the sort of release window, the less profit your, uh, distributors are making from uh, from home video distribution. Um, so the key finding, the stat that I could find in the report, is for every 1% increase in the theatrical window, meaning the longer you keep movies in theaters without releasing it at home. Um, an additional $56,000 is generated in home sales. Um, so, you know, this would be, you know, if we had a, uh, you know, 90-day, uh, call it, say, for easy numbers, 100 days, so about a three-month theatrical window. Uh, if you moved it to, uh, you know, 101 days, uh, supposedly that's on average controlling for, for, you know, size of movie and all and a bunch of... Other factors, um, and then this is fifty six thousand in in the pocket. So, you know, make it uh, ten days longer, or even you know, however, I guess that you 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 multiply that. I don't know, you know, again, grain of salt. This is commissioned by a group that is very interested in getting the theatrical window to stay longer, as we've talked about before. But, um, you know, that was interesting nonetheless. News now. To the big news of the week, again, Trolls World Tour. Um, so for Refresh, the sequel to the Universal's animated film with Justin Timberlake um, that came out a couple of years ago um, based on the toy um, franchise Trolls. And, you know, this has a whole music angle to it, I guess. Um, originally supposed to come out, I believe, uh, um uh, April 10th, which was this last weekend, in theaters. However, obviously, due to the coronavirus, they weren't going to be able to release it in theaters. Now, since they're not able to do that and they decided to not push it out um, 
you know, delayed, delayed the release date, I guess they decided to keep it there and just have it be direct to VOD. Um, it was $20 rentals for twenty for a 48-hour period, I believe, um, which is generally larger than most rentals that I've seen. Um, though I guess, you know, people are trying new things here. Um, so anyway, the, the big headline is that supposedly this is the largest traditional uh, home video release um you know, in history, basically. Um, and this is not just, this is Universal obviously saying this to toot the horn, but this is backed up by Fandango Now, which is Fandango's uh, streaming service where you can rent videos, uh, also saying that uh, Falls Walter was their largest, you know, VOD release uh, in history. Um, now, supposedly this is 10 times more than the, lar- than the t- largest uh, next traditional home video release. Um, this would be, I believe, Jurassic Fallen Kingdom, um, which made two to three million dollars in the first day. Um, so you know, this would say maybe uh, twenty to thirty, even forty dollars, forty million dollars in the first day, first weekend, probably. Um, and you know, for comparison, also, uh, Endgame made thirty million dollars uh, in its first week of being out. Um, so you know, if they made forty million dollars over three days, you know, um, you know, on a hundred million dollar budget, um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you say that's like a you know two point five times multiplier, um, you know, so if there's somebody able to keep that up, like it, like it, like uh, it would in the theater, I guess that basically breaks even. Um, but you know, you know, I again, this is a weird situation because we don't really have a lot of comparables. We don't really know what the cut is. Like, you know, in past weeks, I've talked about the distributor-exhibitor split. I don't know what the cut is of Universal getting from other streaming systems or whether they're getting from their own. I guess the best comparison I can find uh, is that uh, in 2015, I believe, um, there was that f- comedy hill film with Jonah... Was it Jonah Hill? Seth Rogen, for sure. Um called uh, uh the interview about north korea and there was a whole international incident where apparently it was gonna it was gonna be released so north korea was gonna take military action against the u.s it was a big hullabaloo um so sony decided to not release it wide in theaters and instead have it release in um have it release in uh vod you know directly you know there was some limited release um but um it ended up making $15 million in its opening weekend and $40 million over the first week. Um, so for a bigger film that's not like a, you know, kind of like a stoner, you know, immature comedy type film. Um, the other thing to note here is that um, uh, I'm guessing that the rental prices for Sony was lower also um, versus the $20. So maybe it didn't make as much because of that. And also is apparently that, you know, the first couple of days or so, a uh, pirated copy was able to get on the internet, which was apparently viewed millions of times as well. So that's, you know, lost revenue as well uh, for Sony um, with the interview. But in all cases, I mean, $15 million for, you know, this act, this kind of film versus 20 to 30 million from, you know, this bigger uh, studio animated film, which probably has like a sort of a fan base to follow up, at least with the kids. Um, yeah, this seems pretty reasonable. Um, so, I mean, I guess, good job Universal for getting this done. We'll see how the, the VO numbers kind of continue on and it ends up breaking even. Um, I guess some other fun news. Um, 
Related Trolls World Tour, um, drive-in theaters are still going uh, in coronavirus. They apparently made $60,000 over 25 theaters, about $2,400 per theater average. Not super great, um, but again, given the circumstances uh, and, you know, for drive-in theaters, I guess that's not too bad, um, you know. Uh, and it also was number one uh, on multiple stores, you know, Amazon, Apple, YouTube, Fandango, now as previously mentioned. So, you know, that's Trolls World Tour. Um and yeah, I guess that's the top five. Um, there is also, I guess, bonus news. You know, I don't know if you call it news, but Deadline has been putting out recently a series of articles kind of detailing the financial breakdown of the profitability of the most valuable blockbusters from 2019. Um, they're planning on doing the top 25 of these. Um, you know, so I think that could be a pretty cool project to kind of take all of these numbers and kind of analyze because it gets into stuff like the advertising spend and financials and breaking down the international foreign markets and all this other profitability stuff um so i think i'm going to take that, those numbers and break it down to kind of see where those numbers come like line up um it's probably going to be once we get all 25 release i don't know when that's going to that series is going to finish but it'll be a fun project to do in a couple of weeks um other than that what i've been watching um Again, haven't been watching much, been watching mostly anime. Um, and as I said, work kind of got a little bit crazy this week. Um, but I was able to get the 1993 film Heart and Souls, starring a young Robert Downey Jr. Um, he's a really great actor. Um, you know, because my wife actually had, had remembered it and wanted to go watch it, so we watched that. Um, but yeah, uh, still have to get a David Fincher movie. It's probably going to happen this weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, in any case, that wraps up this week's watch. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, if you have any feedback or suggestions for box office concepts, any news, um, you know, shoot me an email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all the usual places. Um, if you could leave a review of your podcast service of choice or on Podchaser, that would be super helpful. Links in the show notes. Uh, the numbers used in the show come from thenumbers.com, uh, intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod. You can find his stuff at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Uh, editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch, and remember, our watch goes on. Bye, guys. Bye.